You guys are probably going to get a little bit of technical difficulty because Carla's not here, so welcome to Market Overdrive. I'm your, uh, I guess, host today. Yeah, you are a host today. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I got a lot of buttons in front of me. Um, I'm trying not to press all of them and play with the levers. Um, We got an awesome show today. We're going to talk about fourth quarter real estate. Uh, My co-host, Javier Garcia from the Federal Savings Bank is here. We have Kelly Ladwick. Kelly Ladwig. Ladwig (laughs) with Baird and Warner. Um, Hopefully, Javier and I do a good job today. Hopefully, you guys watch because... Hopefully they don't tune out. Yeah, you guys got to keep watching and keep sharing so they know we did a good job today. Share our feed. I want you to share with everyone because we have some pretty good secrets. Um, One of the things, you know, typical conversation that I have with my referral partners was, you know, what do you have in plan for fourth quarter? And a lot of the times, you know, the thought is, well, you're going into the holidays and people aren't interested in buying or selling. And that's why we're kind of having this show here today to kind of debunk some of those myths. So... I have uh, Kelly Ladderwick here from Barrett and Warner, uh, who's going to give us a couple tips and uh, some advice on what we should expect in the fourth quarter and some advantages on how we can save some money by selling or buying in the fourth quarter of 2017. Yeah, so I think I talk to quite a bit of my sellers, and I actually have a few coming up who um, they're usually waiting to sell this time of year because they have some sort of situation, whether they're moving, they waited throughout the summer, um, and they're kind of in a time frame that they need to sell now. And I usually meet with those people probably two weeks before they actually have their home ready to list. So my biggest thing is let's amp up that that anticipation of that home coming on the market because a lot of buyers um, who have viewed kind of picked over what's on the market right now, and we have the option to maybe that's the home that they're looking for and your house fits. So I wouldn't really rule out anything, and I don't. I think the whole having sellers only sell in the spring. Um, has kind of faded out with everything the way that we can market homes nowadays. I like it. I like it. Mo, what are your thoughts? You know, yeah, it, I think historically people are fearful to list in the winter because they think the winter months, real estate slows down, we might not have any buyers. And because we were talking about the fourth quarter, I looked up some statistics. And the Illinois Association of Realtors says that in August of 2017, we put 12.5% more contracts under contract, homes under contract, than in 2016. And now, Javier, you know this because lending now takes, on average, 45 to 60 days. Right. That's about, you know, in October, November close. So if we're trending on the upward rise in August, we're probably going to do that in September as well. So I think fourth quarter this year is going to be strong, just like it was last year. I think we were also kind of unseasonably warm last year, so right. it trended up last year. So I do think that we're going to have a strong fourth quarter. Yes. Is it going to be as, uh, or or no, is it going to be as busy as spring or summer? I don't think so. I think it's going to stay strong. I think property values are going to go up. IAR also said that property values in Illinois went up 7.2% over last year, which is great. 6.6% in the Chicagoland area and 5% in Chicago. So I think um, we're going to have a strong market. Yeah, I definitely think we're going to have a strong market. Specifically, you know, we've been kind of preaching this all year long in regards to there not being enough inventory. So just having a lot of these buyers who were just not able to actually get under contract, they're still out there. They're still looking for a home. So for those people who think that the market might slow down and maybe want to hold off until spring of 2018, I think that's going to be something that's going to come as a surprise and revelation to them that, you know what, I could possibly put my property on the market in November possibly still be able to close and sell it by December, end of December or early January. There's really no need to have to wait until March or April. Kelly, do you see that um, the 
lack of competition or less listings helps you out when you have buyers and oh. they have less to pick from, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I have buyers who don't like the competition. So, you know, they wait out the spring because they aren't on a on a tight time frame. So they they don't want to be in multiple offer situations. They want to be able to take their time and make the right decision. And I mean, it's a huge it's a huge decision. So why wouldn't you? So it kind of, you know, I get a lot of first-time homebuyers actually who are now starting to look and have that, you know, November, December, early December closing date. Okay. And there's there's sometimes people who, like you said, don't really have a choice. You know, your lease ends in November, uh, you know, December, right. and realtors have told you over and over again, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to be a renter anymore. Let's be a home buyer. You're not going to re-sign a lease necessarily and then wait till spring and then try to find a subtenant. Right. You can, but a lot of people just necessities in the winter. So don't feel bad buying in the winter is what I would say. No, and I think one of the biggest benefits, um, you know, here at least in Illinois, I know that different states work differently, but at least here in Illinois, one of the benefits is that we do have taxes that are paid in arrears. Right. Yes. So anytime you go to closing, you're going to receive a prorated tax credit. So actually, I always kind of look at it. It's like a you know blessing in disguise when you're having to close at the end of the year because your prorated tax credit is usually going to be based off of 105 to 110 percent of the previous tax year. So it's going to be a bigger tax credit. I use the prorated tax credit to go towards a portion of the down payment because it's allowed. Right. So I always say for someone who's buying in the 250, 300 thousand range with a five thousand dollar tax bill on average. You're more than likely probably going to get somewhere between that $4,800 to $5,000 prorated tax credit if you're closing in November or December that can be directly applied towards the down payment. That's a big, big benefit. It's almost sure. like down payment assistance without it having to have any specific clause. It's just money that you're going to be receiving at closing. Absolutely. What do you think about the rates? So how have the rates been? Do you think the rates going into fourth quarter are going to help affect home buying? You know what? Rates have actually been, they, we received a pretty good bounce back here in the last 30 days or so. Um, I think with a lot of the uncertainty um, that's out there right now, just a lot of the you know things that are happening in the world and everything like that, um, I'm always a believer that you always got to keep consumer confidence high, especially going into the holidays. Um, for me specifically as a lender, I've never had to worry about business going into November, December, or January because those are usually high refinance months. A lot of people are usually interested in capitalizing on lower interest rates to be able to either do some debt consolidation, maybe do a cash out. Um, I see a lot of activity usually with that. So I think that rates are actually going to be pretty stable. Um, a lot of people fear like this rate increase and this rate hike, but it's going to be gradual. It's not going to be something that's, you know, significant where all of a sudden you're going to see a full point spread on your interest rate, you know, in a 60 day time frame. It's just never going to happen that way. That would be a complete shock to consumers out there. And a lot of people tend to get cold feet when they start seeing that. And all of a sudden, you're going to have buyers who are going to get cold feet and not want to proceed anymore. It's like uh, I talk about the doomsday people all the time on the show. It's the darn doomsday people. You know, since 2013, when rates were low, everybody's like, oh, rates are going to skyrocket. Yeah, they're not going to stay at, you know, 3% for a 30-year. They're going to go up a little bit. But people also have short-term memories. They don't realize in the mid-2000s, 90s, and 80s were even much more ridiculous. Rates were in the teens. In the teens. You were paying a 16% interest rate in the 80s. Yeah, so you know? enjoy your 4.5%. Exactly. Like, I remember when I got first got into the industry back in 2004, I believe the average interest rate at the time was a 7.5%, 6.5%. People were happy with that interest rate. And then 2013, I would probably say, was a peak where the rates kind of dipped as low as possible. I remember there was a 48-hour period where you could lock in a 2.875 30-year fix, 
right? That's how low they were on some of these government loan products. So it's crazy. Um, but overall, you know, it's gone gradual increases. But, you know, I always say in order to keep consumer confidence, you have to keep their rates at a steady rate. Um, specifically, this newer generation, you know, we kind of dwell on things a little bit more and we're a little bit more precautious in regards to some of the investments that we're going to make. So having a big fluctuation on interest rate, which is, it would be terrible for consumer confidence. Guys, rates are low. I mean, whatever, whatever you think, you can if still you still get under 4% yeah, right now on a government low. loan, if you, you know, got good FICO scores and everything else, conventional financing, you're still in the low fours. Like those are really good interest rates still, even for investment purchases. We just closed on an investment purchase today, you know, four and a half percent interest rate on an investment occupancy loan. I think I know which one that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a good one for Kelly. Kelly, how about frozen lockboxes in Chicago? Oh. Those are tough, huh? Oh, I hate lockboxes when it's not frozen. <laughs> Wait, frozen lockboxes? <laughs> yeah, how, we yes. got to explain this, this to Javier because he, world, he doesn't right? do any real estate. Oh, my estate. gosh. Like, okay. I, I have like an extra set of keys that I don't use for anything just so I can like, you know, crank those open. And I tell you, some these other – okay. I will go to this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we hit a, we hit, we hit, we hit a <laughs> soft, uh, soft spot right here. Well, I mean, I'm out there and I'm trying to, I mean, that's not graceful at all. You have like these people and they're like, are we getting into the house? What are we doing? And I'm like, at 15 minutes, I'm calling the people. When was the last time you checked this lockbox? And yeah. how many people have, I mean, people are like, has anyone checked this house lately? Like, <laughs> it's just, it's not wow. good. It's not good. So I, I. I'm not looking forward to that. Lock the icer. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping this like 90 degree weather just kind of lasts, and then we just have fall. We skip winter. Yeah, that'd be be nice. nice? I doubt that's going to happen here in Chicago. You know what? That's that's (laughs) for people like you talking like that. That's so Chicago is just you know we could get away without snow in Chicago, I think. But that bitter cold, I think the last three years has just been terrible. You know, I, I, last year I thought we were lucky, and I think realtors, when they're out showing, we have a really good grasp on whether it's a bad winter or not, because we do trek through mm-hmm. two feet of snow to find right. a lockbox that's buried, and you can't open it with your gloves, so you have to take your gloves off, and your hands are freezing, and the lockbox is frozen, and your clients are looking at you like, why the heck can't you open this thing? Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's tough. So I have locked the icer. I actually had somebody burn my lockbox, another agent. So I had a lockbox out there, and I actually do get my lockboxes opened, um, but sometimes they they freeze and there's nothing you can do. So I had another agent text me and say, your lockbox is is melted. And I'm like, what? It's cold outside. It can't, uh-huh. didn't melt. Right. So I went to the previous showing. I said, hey, did you have a problem with the lockbox? Uh-huh. And they said, yeah, it wasn't opening. So we used the lighter oh, gosh. to open it. I'm like, <laughs> you burn the lockbox. It's not working ever again. <laughs> and some lockboxes, like the big center boxes, you know, they're they're big and kind of sturdy and um, hard to break. But the little lock boxes, you burn them a bit, you can't open them anymore. Okay. Yeah. So I couldn't get the keys out either. I had to go get extra keys from my client. So don't, realtors, don't burn lock Don't burn boxes, any lock please. boxes. Is that idea. arson? Would that still be considered? You're the attorney. You're like, yes, <laughs> I threaten them with arson. To, to my lockbox, yes. <laughs> to my lockbox, yes. You're going to burn lockboxes. I love that evil smile. As soon as I said arson, you're like, yes. Don't, don't burn Mo.com's <laughs> lockboxes this year, please. And don't steal my signs. I've, I have I've, this year. I've had two for sale signs stolen really? off of the posts, and I always think they're neighborhood kids. They're not in the city; it's always in the okay. neighborhoods where I show up and my signs are gone. I'm like, where the heck did my signs go? And I think it's neighborhood kids that just yeah. take signs. But I've had bad luck this year with signs. Yeah, 
It's yeah. terrible. Those open house signs. I've heard realtors talk about like stealing each other's open house. I was like, wait, people do that? They're like, yeah, people take my open house oh, signs. Oh, it's a brawl. Like if you don't have them in your in the trunk of your car at your office, like you better be there 7 a.m. Saturday morning to grab some because really? oh yeah, oh yeah, people have like stakes on who's going to get them. Nice. In our office, we have like a checkout policy, and I left my own custom sign. So if my agents are listening, I, I'm going to finally find out that, oh, who took my, my own open house signs. But um, I had custom open house signs, and somebody took my open house signs to use them and has just never returned them. So now I don't have any open house signs. I have to use the company ones. But I had my own personal ones with my information on it, okay. and I sent a couple friendly co- company emails. Hey, if you have my signs, <laughs> please bring them back. Nobody's brought them back. So Main Street agents, if, if you have my signs, please bring them back at night. Nobody will see. We don't have cameras. Just drop them back off. I doubt it. I, I'm That's sure you're going to happen. Yeah. We don't, we don't. <laughs> um, so we're talking about fourth quarter secrets. What we're going to do, is, so let's say we have a buyer who's interested in closing before the end of the year because their lease is going to expire in December. Mm-hmm. What would be the strategy that you would say you would take with something like that, Kelly? Um, I mean, you got to start looking now if you want that. I mean, inventory is dwindles a little bit once we hit fall. And uh, if you want something, I say keep an eye out. I always have, I do have some difficult buyers sometimes who they just don't know what they want yet. So I always advise them, hey, go look online, see what neighborhoods you like, drive around. Because when it gets down to the point that we're, you want you have a time that you need to close because you're leasing and you don't want them to go month to month because that's going to be three times what you're paying right now. Um, make sure you know what you want, and then when we meet, it's easier. Then I I can do my job because you know where you want to be, and then the rest is up to me. Like it? I love that. I I tell some of my clients who don't know where they want to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Go spend some time in that neighborhood yeah. because if you spend some time there, you'll. Get a good feel for the downtown, the oh, yeah. food, the places Absolutely. to go. And I tell people, go, if you like three suburbs and you're trying to decide between them, spend a weekend day or evening yeah. there just the whole day and see if you like it there. Yeah. So that's a great tip. No, I definitely would agree. Um, I kind of just, obviously, I'm the lender. So I always kind of tell them, hey, if we're going to do a fire drill type of purchase where we're going to try to do it within a short time frame, it's important just kind of get everything lined up and just kind of be very strategic with everything that you're doing. Have a game plan as to how you're going to cut your earnest money check, what account it's coming out of, making sure that it's as clean as possible so that that way you could deliver, you know, that 21, 30 day closing mm-hmm. as opposed to having some of these elongated closings just because, you know, there's a cash deposit here or, you know, something inevitable that occurs. Um, it's always just kind of planning. I always tell them, you make sure meet with me as a lender. Let's strategize exactly how we're going to set everything up or talk to a lender who's going to be able to review everything and know that you're going to have a short time frame to be able to close on this transaction. And be very specific and, you know, have a strategy as to what you're going to go for. Sometimes I, I get buyers all the time where they're indecisive whether they want to go for the single family home or maybe you're looking for that multi-unit property, right? So it's just kind of setting those parameters of saying, okay, well, if you're going to go multi-unit, this is what needs to be done. If we're going single family, this, these are the options. But um, just being very decisive. I think that's the main key. If you're going to try to close in a 60 or 90 day timeline, you have to be decisive. You can't really be up in the air as to what your options are at that point in time. By the way, I have headphone envy. 
I'm looking at your headphones. They're like golden. Where do I get some of those? I, I got a somebody in the studio has got to get me. Well, all, I'm going to do this again. Actually, fancy. Yeah, headphones. you know what? It all started like Carla and Nick with their beat headphones and everything. And I ended up oh, so you brought cadence. those? In. Yeah, those so, are like, yeah, these are the cadence. Those are like fancy. Those. They're gold yeah, and gold plated. Cool. Yeah, just a little, I don't know. I like that. I had to I had to compete. I got, this is my first time with headphones on. Dak so is I, coming I, in with diamonds I'm, next yeah, week. Yeah, I'm going to blow it out of the water it's next It's going to have diamonds everywhere. <laughs> next week I won't be able to use the headphones. I'll just be sitting there with headphones by myself, <laughs> hearing nothing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I have to ask this of you. We have to ask nitro questions now. So my nitro question is supposed to be something embarrassing that you may have done, but I'm not going to make you say anything embarrassing. Uh-huh. And it's actually my nitro question this year. This uh, this show is not going to be real estate related. Um, name one, and you don't have to answer now. It's going to be about 15 or 20 minutes. They rev you up in they these rev headphones. You, up. <laughs> you can't hear this, but they, they have a car revving in my, in my <laughs> ear right now. That's yeah. a nitro question. That's kind of cool. I like that. Um, What's your craziest dream that you've ever had? We um, we were talking about this in the office the other day, and we've had some we had some crazy dreams. So think about it. Fifteen oh, no. minutes, and I'm gonna come back. This to is it. like the other day. It's just so bizarre, though. <laughs> oh, you had one the other day. Yeah. So you have one in about she fifteen minutes. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to you for it. Um, how about tips on getting a home ready to list? So I was talking to um, a client of mine at a listing presentation, and he said, "Is there anything we should do?" going into the winter months to get our home ready for winter and also to list in the winter. Do you have any tips for that? Um, so I always like to have my sellers do something like get pre-inspected or something. So like when they're in the winter months, buyers can buy with confidence. They can still get their inspectors, but it's kind of just that little incentive to know that when the weather was nice and things could really be done detailed outside and things like that in, in some of the single family homes, um, that it was done. And same with, I never will, um, will list a home that's vacant and not staged in the winter. I mean, in Chicago, everything's dreary. It's gross. You come in, it's, you just need to have that warm, cozy vibe and you're not going to get that. I could totally see that. Like, you know, it's out, just, you're, walking through two feet of slush as you guys <laughs> yeah. like to you say and then you're walking like... in and it's dark yeah i can totally see that image definitely being something for help i um i always tell my clients actually clients that aren't even thinking of listing i'll always send them some tips and uh one of my tips is um clean out your gutters mm-hmm. is, is a big one because if you don't and uh water fills and it freezes that can be a mess if you're in a single family yeah, absolutely home. check your furnace because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to happen is in the middle of winter, your heat goes out because what's going to happen is you're going to be freezing your butt off, but you're also going to be gouged on prices. So I'm big on um, get your furnace checked before, okay. uh, before winter. Turn off exterior faucets. I learned this last year because I went from a condo where I had a maintenance staff do everything uh-huh. to a house and I left my faucets still on outside and my um, my hoses For your hose. Yeah. yeah, so my hoses were useless come springtime because they had frozen, and expanded, burst, yeah. and then um, shrunk again. Sweep the chimneys if you have a chimney. Um, and gaps in doors and stuff. Seal them if you can because you don't want any moisture coming in. So those are the tips that I typically give my clients before winter. Nice, 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 nice. Usually what I do, kind of like a dewinterizing tip as well too, I learned that the hard way I actually had my pipe burst 
oh. uh, that was going through the garage. And thankfully, it just burst through the outside because the garage wasn't heated or anything like that. So definitely doing the dewinterizing tips, covering your air conditioning unit outside. Smart. A lot of people forget about their air conditioning unit, kind of leave it out there. If you get snow and stuff like that accumulated on there, you're just going to you know, decrease the amount of years that you're going to have in longevity of that furnace. Always check your filters, things like that, making sure that they do that. What I tell people when they're getting ready to list, especially towards the end of the year, you know, there's a lack of inventory, things like that. I always say, take a look at what your competition is, right? So if you have a house, take a look at your, you know, two mile radius, three mile radius around you, what's on the market and what are you competing with? Right, so that that way you can kind of get a better definition of like, okay, what should I be expecting, and how long have these properties been on the market? If I'm looking to be successful and sell my property, do I stand head above some of these properties, or should I be priced at a specific point to make sure that I sell the home? Um, anytime I'm doing a listing presentation, winter, spring, summer, fall, anytime, I always I print out a market analysis. I take it with me. I include all the listed properties that are in the price point because that's your competition. Right. I don't know if you do the same thing, mm-hmm. Kelly. It's it's a good idea. I mean, when you look at comps, you look at what's sold. That's a good comp. What's listed is not necessarily a great comp if it hasn't sold yet or if it's not under contract, but it's your competition because our buyers, when they go out to look at a you know two-bed, two-bath in Streeterville at a certain price point, they're not going to go see one and the next weekend go see one, typically. Right. Some people do that. Typically, they go and see everything in that building or everything in that area at the same time or at least a, a bunch of them together. Mm-hmm. So you want to see what your competition's like when you're about to list. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, what about what, for your home buyer? What should they look out for when they're looking at properties if they're looking to buy? I'll let Kelly take that one. Kelly? What should they look out for? Yeah, what should, what should they look out for? Let's say they're looking at properties. Mm-hmm. There's like maybe a foot of snow sitting on the property, <laughs> on the roof or anything like that. What are some tips that you would give to your home buyer when you're looking at properties you know, at first glance? I mean, I think when it's winter, that's our, I mean, that's the worst weather we have here. So I'm always looking for, for water. That's my thing. Duplexes down. I've had a, a buyer that, that, Thank goodness we actually saw it after we had a big snow last season because we saw it after it started to melt and we realized the basement took on water from that. So, okay. yeah, that would be one of my big things. Okay. Any que- if you guys have any questions, you can comment on the Facebook page. I can actually see things from where I'm sitting now. You got when that? I'm sitting over there. Typically, I can't see anything. So I can see questions. So ask us some questions. You guys can also call in at 312-521-8589 and ask us some questions. Absolutely. You can ask Javier about his cool. So what's what's going on with the? Yeah, I know, right? What's going on in the world right now? Right, we're talking about like hurricanes, earthquakes, like. So I was actually just out in the lobby talking to somebody. I don't know if you guys have heard of the Ring of Fire, and I don't mean the song, the Ring of Fire. Have you guys heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of the Ring of Fire. So it's if, if you go through the Pacific from Australia all the way up to about Russia, over to the U.S. and down to South America. It's a bunch of different underground volcanoes that run along earthquake plates, tectonic plates. And apparently all these last earthquakes we've had have really just all been on the The ring of fire, which is kind of crazy. And they said over the last 200 years, an article I read, hopefully it's, it's true, last 200 years, we haven't seen the ring of fire this active. So most of our volcanoes are underground and they're thinking that a large, and hopefully it doesn't happen, that a large volcano above ground will erupt. Tim... Our, our good friend is right. going to Hawaii, I think on Sunday, Sunday or Monday yeah, for two Sunday weeks. Or Monday. He's going to go look at uh, volcanoes. So, Tim, if you're listening, please come back safe. Please come back. We I don't you. know what I would do without you, Tim. 
Yeah, Tim, Tim's an attorney that works <laughs> in my law firm, and we love Tim. We talk about Tim on the show a lot. We do. So if we're you're going to bring go Tim in on the show, we should. we should. If he makes It'll it back awesome. and the vol- volcano doesn't sweep him away, hopefully it doesn't. I know. I know a couple people that actually went on vacations to the Dominican Republic while they were mentioning of this hurricane. Now they're stuck there. <laughs> they're stuck. Actually, they're stuck can't there. come back. They're actually stuck, and there's like a process because there's so many flights heading out of there. So could be worse places to be stuck. I guess. I guess. But, you know, it's crazy right now because so many things have happened in succession and it's spooking people out. And I also read an article that said because we've only been able to monitor weather for about 200 years, at least actively, there could have been a lot of times in history where big weather events have happened in clusters that we just don't know. So, again, I'm an anti-doomsday guy. So anti-doomsday I, 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 guy. I am when, when it comes to market or all that stuff. I'm an anti-doomsday guy. Um, so hopefully this will pass and the weather will get better. And hopefully in Chicago, we don't have a crazy blizzard like we did. Five, was it five or six years ago? We had snowpocalypse. Yeah. yeah. That was terrible. I was remember not. the city was shut down. Yeah. I was uh, I lived in Streeterville at the time, so I was right near Lakeshore Drive, and I could see Lakeshore Drive, and you saw all those pictures uh-huh. where all the cars were stopped on Lakeshore Drive. I could see it, and it was the entire night into the next day. It was nuts. It was like it was a parking lot. It was a parking lot. I remember coming down. I actually left the off uh, to the office. I had a four by four, you know, Jeep, you know, and everything. So I was like, all right, this is fine. And I'm driving down Milwaukee Avenue, right over by Chicago, and I see a guy in skis. Like, literally, he's, like, just oh going down gosh. the street in his skis. I was like, okay, it's pretty terrible. But it was deserted. It was kind of very – you've seen that movie uh, with Will Smith where it's like he's the only guy left in Manhattan yeah. or whatever. It literally felt like that in certain places of the city because there wasn't anybody out. Our uh, our <laughs> other guest we had a few weeks ago, Lawrence and I, walked our dogs that night. Okay. And there was a couple cars that had just got stuck, and they kept trying and trying. So Lawrence and I were actually helping push them out. We had, One of us would hold a dog, the other one would push, and then the other one would hold the dog, and the other one would push. So hopefully we don't have a blizzard. Although I'm in the suburbs now, and I'll just hang out in You're my house now. and not have to worry about it. Just turn on the fireplace and... That's it. That's it. Wait it out. Wait it out. <laughs> you got the smoker? So. I do, but... Can't, I guess you can use them in the winter. So you people could. use the egg in the winter. Yeah. I'm I'm a homebody in the winter. So if I got to go outside to cook in the winter, it's probably not going to happen. Not gonna happen. <laughs> no, I don't like the cold. Kelly, what do you th- uh, anything you could add in here? Where what, do you, where do, you live? where do you stay by? I'm in the West Loop. She's West in the West Loop. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you commute to your office. So Orlin holds my okay. license, but I work down. I mean, I can work from the other offices in the city. You think you'd be driving out in the winter to Orland? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm not a winter girl. My no, no? Fall, fall is my element. Winter is not. <laughs> really? Yeah. See, I'm not a fall guy either. You know how you see on social media, falls here. You know, yep. everybody likes. Everyone their... loves fall. I don't because fall means winter is coming. Oh. I like summer. I don't yeah. like fall. Yeah, summer's the best. I hate fall. Like I'm sorry for I'm gonna get hate messages on my messages. Facebook wall, but no pumpkin spice latte. No, for you. no, not at all. <laughs> I the only thing I like about fall is I can actually wear the suit and not bake. Because yeah. when I have to go to court and I'm in a suit in the summer, that's tough. But yeah. that's the only thing I like about fall. I don't necessarily like raking leaves, which I guess I have to do this year. Yeah, I'm actually not going to. I'm gonna hire somebody, but. It's kind of funny when you go into like the actually was at a, I think it was at a Target and they already had Christmas stuff on. I was they like, do. we just skipped through Halloween. I'm like, what happened to Halloween? Thanksgiving. It's just... Costco's got a bunch of Christmas stuff already. Do they already have mm-hmm. a bunch the of Christmas suburban stuff? Suburban one up? does. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's a big. Good. That's a big suburban push for me. I go to Costco a lot now. You're always going to be at Costco in the suburbs all the time. It's like Saturdays and Sundays. It's like let's go to Costco. And it's not a deal 
because I walk out of there buying totally useless stuff, stuff. every single time. <laughs> That's how they so I'll buy it. a bunch of toilet paper, but then I'll buy ink in like bundles. <laughs> like I don't need seven years worth of ink, but it seemed like a good deal. So I bought seven years worth of ink. No, absolutely. Um, do you think that the city market in the winter is any different than the suburban market? This was a question somebody had actually asked me yes. who was trying to move from the su- uh, city to the suburbs and said, is it different? Because he's got to sell and he's got to buy. And he wanted to know if there's a difference between the two. I would say so. Um, I think I think selling in the suburbs is a little harder than selling in the city. Selling in the suburbs is a little bit harder than selling in the city? Yeah, in the winter. I want to say that in the suburbs, I think a lot of people are just more geared towards the whole school year and everything. A lot yeah. of times they don't want to move kids out of the, the yeah. school, you know, or to different school district or things yeah. like that um, you, once the school that year family, has started. Uh, yeah. So it's like, I always feel like suburbs, it's very cliche to say, oh, family, there's a lot of single people it's who true, live though. in the suburbs. Yeah. but. I always feel like the suburbs is more of like a family-oriented thing, so people are just a little bit more less hesitant to move. Right. Whereas I feel like in the city, there's just a lot of trans, just people are just transacting. You have a lot of more of a younger demographic, people who are still single, looking for condos and things like that. So I think those are still moved compared to single-family homes where they have to move school districts or maybe have to switch kids around. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I got That'll a crazy my logic. I got a crazy question that came in. I actually don't know what it is, but okay. hopefully one of you guys do. I recently had a board meeting for my condo association, and they were going over the 2018 budget, and they brought up terrorist insurance. What the F is that? Stop. I think I was at that board meeting. Really? Yes. I think I was. This is a new thing? Uh, No, I... That must have been a high rise. No, it wasn't. I think... Yes, I think I was at that board meeting, because I went to a board meeting Monday for... um, Wood floors. This condo association will not allow wood flooring, and it, it's driving me nuts. We're, okay. We lost two buyers already, and so I went there. I had like engineer reports on hardwood flooring and soundproofing, the whole thing. Presented it to them, and someone brought that up, and they were like, they were going over the whole budget, and they were like, "Is this? Do we have this? Is this going to be covered?" Because they wanted an umbrella policy, and they were talking about all that. They said, "Is that going to be covered under the umbrella policy?" That is interesting. Yes, and I haven't heard anything like that before. Here's my take on insurance, the attorney's take on insurance. Insurance companies are in the business of not paying. So you can over-insure for everything. They're going to figure out a way to say, well, that wasn't a terrorist act. I mean, that's my opinion. I had never heard of this till this question came in. Uh-huh. So I'm sure as heck going to go look into it, as, heard of it as soon as we're out of here. But I have, uh, I've never heard of that before. That is interesting, and you've you've heard of it already. Yeah, well, as of Monday. As of Monday. (laughs) As of Monday. It's going to probably be now a thing, because if one HOA is doing it, an insurance company has probably told somebody, you should get this coverage, I'm guessing other associations are going to start looking into it, and it's going to become a part of, I guess, the budget. Right, Mm -hmm. part of the budget. But then you're going to go into so much litigation, though. I think when you start going into that, and then it's like you have open litigation, you're kind of affecting the financing ability of the condo as well, too, so... Those are tricky waters to really start treading there. Yeah, I mean... Because like anytime, as a lender, all right, anytime we're looking at open litigation with an association, it's like, okay, we big problem. need a big problem because we don't know what's going to happen, right? Yeah, I, I that's, think that, I'm going to have to research on this a little bit and get back to whoever absolutely. that was. Um, but that's a good question. I've, I typically, I, I read a lot about real estate related mm-hmm. stuff, so I'm typically not stumped by a question. I'm officially stumped completely. Officially stumped? stumped um, I got a uh, question uh, for you, Kelly. What do you think about Amazon coming to Chicago? I love it. I love, I mean, I just, I've 
I have a lot of people who I know work with Amazon right now, and I think the new construction buildings coming up in the West Loop is going to be huge. I just think it's going to bring a, a whole wave of people here, and I'm excited about it. In Chicago, I think, is a good market for this I new tech great. boom because we have oh, yeah. new buildings going up. We have space to build more buildings. And, um, you know, let's take some of that steam from San Francisco. The price points in San Francisco are outrageous. Yeah. Let's, let's have that happen in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And we got Google. Let's bring Amazon. Let's bring all the tech people here. That'll be a big boom. Yeah, and he's uh, South Loop is going to blow up after that. <laughs> the uh, the owner of Amazon is now the richest man in the world. He's eclipsed Bill Gates. Really, it's been well, a long Amazon, time running. Amazon took over Whole Foods, which I'm obsessed about because now avocados are super cheap there. <laughs> I'm a big avocado fan too. Avocados <laughs> are super cheap down? now. They are, yeah, <laughs> prices are going down because Amazon took over, so they're trying yeah. to make it more affordable for people to get. But Whole you know, Foods, like from organic. from what I heard from like an industry person in that industry, they told me that. Whole Foods had the highest margin of profitability out of all of the chains mm-hmm. out there. So it's not really a shock that their Amazon's coming in there and just kind of cutting prices. And if you really think about it, they're going to tap into the, that other consumer that wasn't shopping at Whole Foods just because it was priced out. Yeah, well, yeah. $19 for an avocado is a big price, <laughs> price margin there. Um, I'm excited for it. It's I, mean, big. I shop at Whole Foods a lot, uh-huh. but it's typically for the produce and stuff. Yeah. I, you can't go get the rest of the stuff like paper towels and like when I go to a grocery store, I just want to shop for everything in one clean swoop. I find myself going to Whole Foods to get some food and then going to Jewel to get a bunch right. of the rest of the stuff and then coming home. But it's nice in the suburbs because you can just drive to one, park your car, drive to another one, park your car. Right. Tough in the city. Yeah, that's for but sure. I'm excited if Amazon comes here too. No, I think it's going to take property values up. I think yeah. anywhere where you find a tech boom, property values are going to go up. I mean, San Francisco. I have a friend that lives there and. It's a thousand to twelve fifty a square yeah. foot for it's happening in Scottsdale too right now. Really, like Scottsdale. Um, I know State Farm just moved to headquarters over there. They got a couple other companies who just recently moved their headquarters there as well too. And real estate has been increasing significantly. Remember in Scottsdale, you were able to buy a home anywhere between one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand. You were getting a pretty sizable home. Now those price points are starting to move in closer towards that 250, 350 price point. So, you know, anytime you have a big influx of businesses coming in and just creating jobs in that marketplace, that's where you start seeing real estate start coming up. So I'm trying to read questions off of Facebook, but for some reason I can't see them. So I just got a couple texted to me. I just bought my first rental property, a condo. It got assessed for 60K over the purchase price. Now what? How can I use that equity to my advantage? I think Marco means it got appraised it got for appraised 60, higher than 000. the purchase price. Well, good for you. That good is for you, awesome. Marco, but I'll, you're going to use the lower of the two. It's always going to be the purchase price or appraised value. The purchase price is lower than the appraised value. You're always going to use the purchase price. First purchase. But if he wants to do a little bit of work and then refinance, he's going to have a lot of equity. Marco, a good question, and I'm going to see if I can see your questions if you're still listening. Did you put 20% down or did you buy it FHA or did you buy it with 5% down? Because what he could do if he now takes a refinance and has 20% equity is drop something like PMI. Right. He could definitely do that. Or another option for some people, um, I always tell them, they can actually, if they don't have that full uh, 20% equity, they can always do like an 80-10 loan to be able to just at least avoid the mortgage insurance in general if they have a significantly strong FICO. That's always a good option. 
Uh, but anytime they're going to do home improvements, like, you know, we have renovation loans and things like that. If you're already buying the home and it already has built-in equity, let alone you doing some renovations, that's definitely the key, especially if you're going to knock out 20%, um, you know, and if you're going to gain 20% of the equity on the property, you could potentially actually have a term reduction, which is what I recommend to anyone. I always tell everyone, if you're going to refinance, always try to reduce your term. Try to pay off the, the loan as fast as possible. So if you're going to end up killing the mortgage insurance that you had on the, on the loan, get a reduced interest rate by going to a 15-year loan, you probably won't see as much of a payment shock in doing that and actually pay off the property faster. Okay, now I can see all the questions, which is awesome. I told you guys, there's going to be some technical difficulties. Technical. This is our first I miss, time I miss Carla. This. Carla has this down she's, to an she's art She's got form. that down. She's so good at it. I'm a mess up here. There's a lot of buttons. I haven't pressed any, so hopefully the production staff is happy with me because there's levers and buttons. I want to press them all. Press them all. Like a big kid. That's it. Just push them all Don't up. push the red button. Yeah. We got like a red button. Do we have one? I don't know. I got to find it. Um... Let me read some of these questions. Bob, what about the price of oranges due to the hurricane in Florida? Wait till we see this. Do you get oranges from Whole Foods, too? I mean, I get the little cuties, but they're not from there, so I don't... From Cali. I can't. Are they? Yeah, the little cuties are from I can't Cali. weigh in on this one. I'm guessing Southern the Cali. prices are going to be going up. Oh, I'm sure. What else uh, does Florida produce a lot? Actually, I, I used to be terrible. I used to call Florida Heaven's Waiting Room just because it's like retirement central, you know? So I'm terrible. I'm a fan of Florida. I went to Orlando a year ago. Disney's a blast. I, I didn't. Love I don't Disney. have kids, but I went to Disney. And I, I had a blast. <laughs> you had a blast in Disney blast. World. Did you go to like what's that Adult uh, Island or whatever they call it, where it's like adults can like drink bars and stuff? Downtown and Disney. It's the, fun. Yeah. yeah, it's a good time. Now that's. In in Florida, you have flood insurance. In Texas, a lot of people didn't have flood insurance. They got affected pretty drastically because Damn. they're not used to having flood yeah. insurance. And going back to the topic of insurance, some insurance companies have the act of God clause in there. So people were saying in Texas, well, maybe this was an act of God because we don't have hurricanes like that yeah, exactly. in Texas. But try to explain to an insurance company that's in the business of not paying that this was an act of God. I mean, it's your burden of proof to prove it. <laughs> Good luck. You know, I swear God was angry. <laughs> yeah, it's um, so that's interesting. That kind of takes me back to that whole uh, terrorist insurance. I, I can't wait to read about it. Yeah, I know that's going to be a read because honestly, I know it's going to have some form of effect on the finance side. Okay, I'm going to ask you that nitro question again. So you got to tell us about that dream you had the other okay. day. So? Um, so, oh, my sister is watching this and she's going to die because she's in this dream. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> you, uh, you, have some, uh, you have some shout outs here too. Uh, Leah Drummond? Oh, hey, Leah. She, she's, shouting, she's shouting out to you. Nice. Um, she's a Baird and Warner agent. Um, but so, okay, so I woke, literally woke up from the stream and texted my sister right away because I wanted her to know all the details. Um, so I, I was taking her and my youngest brother um, to like a high school friend's apartment that I haven't spoken to in like 10 years. And um, I was taking that. We went to this, like, random place. It was dark. There were, like, cockroaches everywhere. I was freaking out. <laughs> and then we went to the wrong place. And then there were people coming after us. It was, like, one of those chase dreams that you really think that, like, you're in it. Uh -huh. And people just kept saying that they were going to eat my sister Molly and my brother CJ, like, popcorn. And that was, like, I'm, I'm freaking out. And I'm dialing 991 instead of 911. And I'm like, <laughs> why is it anyone answering? And I don't know if you guys have seen The Labyrinth. It's one of my favorite movies. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, it's like 
they say um, David Bowie's like calls a girl like the babe and and so 991 I was answering it was this landlord I think I work too much because this is like tied to it <laughs> yeah work is tied in work is tied in and um and I'm like on the phone and they're like oh the like the poor little babe's trying to change like save her family which is totally like a labyrinth reference and I watched it and I should have like not have fallen asleep to it and um finally I'm like why is 991 not working and like <laughs> Luckily, woke up, whatever, but my sister, I mean, I just have weird, like, you're in it, you think it's real, and then you wake up and you're, like, sweating and, like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I've been doing, like, the work into sleep? I sleep talk, apparently, sometimes, or my girlfriend says I sleep talk. Mm -hmm. I I don't necessarily think I do. She's just saying it. Uh Sorry, Jamie. Um, But she says, you'll sometimes in your sleep be like, yeah, you can go ahead and fax that right over and scan it to me, and then I'll start saying, like, my email address in my sleep. Like, what? There's no way I, I'm doing that. So I told her to record me next time. So apparently oh, I take my work to sleep, too. I have, like, these crazy dreams where I, I, I feel like I'm falling. Yeah. Like, you know, those, those sh- like, okay, I'm still in the bed, but I felt like I just, like, f- fell from, like, 50 flight uh-huh. of stairs or something like that. It's you got to see the movie Inception. I've seen, seen that. It? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. That's Leo. a really good dream. Big what? Leo fan? Oh, yeah. Everybody's a big Leo fan. <laughs> Everybody's a Leo I'm fan. a big Leo fan. The Reverend? Come on. He's was, good. It's good. Oh, actually, I. you know what? I didn't love you that. You didn't like that one? No, because he crawls around for two and a half hours. It's true. And it drives me crazy. I wanted to love it. I watched it. Did and you see what Bear did to him? Oh, come on. Come I mean, on. That bear scene, like, honestly, it was just like, gave me goosebumps. I was like, oh, God. Lawrence, Lawrence told me when we were on a dog walk in his British accent, said, buddy, that was, this is my bad British accent, buddy, that movie was terrible. And I'm like, it can't be bad. It's Leo. So I watched it, and for two and a half hours, he just crawls around. I would want you to do like a whole show with just your Lawrence voice. Just my Lawrence voice? Just your Lawrence voice. It's bad. I have the worst British accent. I I try to mimic him all the time. What does Lawrence say about that? He he's nice. He just kind of chuckles. Nice. I, I I wish I had his accent. I wish I had an accent. Absolutely, he gets away with murder. Yeah, British Absolutely. Australian. Come on, British you do Australian. an accent. Come on, huh? give us an accent. Give you an accent. Give us an accent. Oh we'll my put god, you on the spot. The British. Come you on. want a British accent? Let's let's hear Javier's British accent. I don't know. I could do like a Southern twang. Let's give us a Southern right? accent. So like I got I got actually a shout out to one of my boys, Randall Jansen. So Randall. He's actually from Wisconsin, but he's been living in Texas for like 24 years. So he's got like this southern twang where he's like, Javier, I don't care about what's going on with the rate. I just want to know when we're going to close. <laughs> and it's like, Randall, this is like your fifth loan that I'm doing for you. I'm like, your closing date is on this date. This is when we're going to close. You can't do anything better than that. Come on, man. Do the closing. Oh, by the way, how about those Packers? And it's like every single time he's just rubbing it in my face that he's a Packers fan, but he's a guy in Texas. Awesome. But I can't do accents. I just, I'm terrible. So, Kelly, give us um, your contact information and give us where one can we big, reach you? Yeah, where can we reach you? And one big piece of advice for anybody looking to buy in the fourth quarter. Start now. I'm just going <laughs> to start now. That's like the biggest thing. Um, you guys can contact me. Um, reach out to me at Kelly Lad- Kelly.Ladwig@BairdWarner.com. Follow me on Instagram my big thing so um out chicago h-a-u-t-e underscore chicago find all my stuff on there we're all gonna follow you you guys gotta follow me too by the way i hit a thousand followers the other day congratulations i shamelessly hashtag everything hashtag german shepherd that's the thing hashtag german shepherd of instagram hashtag my dog is cute and i tried to get to a thousand followers i hit a thousand and now i'm back to like 
nine ninety six. Like four people unfollowed me. <laughs> That's and you probably were bragging to people and they unfollowed you. I, I screenshot it. I'm like, I'm at a thousand, and now I'm at like. I actually, my assistant who's over here behind me, I was actually bragging when I went over a thousand and she's like, oh yeah, I'm going to unfriend you so you can follow people to 999. And I did that with like three other people and they all did the same thing. All right, boys, I'm almost up to 6K, so you got to- 6K? Oh yeah, come on. You Dude, <laughs> we're gonna have her take a picture of us and tag us. Yeah, just tag us. I'll see you take my, yeah, my we'll 6K. Take, yeah, okay, we'll take your right, 6K. We'll start following. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just need four. Right? I need like four more followers Jeez. at therealmo.com. We're over here like celebrating a thousand. She's at 6K. 6K. <laughs> Terrible. Awesome. Um, anything else, Javier? Um, Follow us on YouTube. Make sure to go onto our YouTube channel and subscribe. Any single time that we are going to go live, you're going to get a live notification. You'll also receive a lot of the bulletins and some of our edited versions of our show. So make sure to go to YouTube now and subscribe to our Market Overdrive channel. You could also follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well, too, right? Any other yeah. Twitter? Do we have Twitter? Do we have Twitter? I think Twitter, we do. possibly. Just look also, up. guys, if you're not watching this live, I do this sometimes when I've gone live on Facebook. Ask questions after the fact in the comments, and one of us will respond to you. You know, Kelly will respond, I'll respond, Javier will respond. So if you guys don't watch this live and you watch later, and hopefully you do, because if you guys don't watch, then they're going to say Javier and I did a bad job posting a co-host. I think we did did okay. That's all right. We did all right. I didn't touch buttons. It's a win. You're the race car driver. We didn't crash the car. No. I think it's good, right? We landed. Um, But yeah, ask your questions because we are happy to answer them even after the fact. Absolutely. Make sure to follow us. Go to www.marketoverdrive.com.